Breaking into a Premier League first team is harder than ever. Every year, thousands of young players enter the youth academies. Every year, maybe a dozen will make their debut for a Premier League club. Only the very best of the best prevail. I'm Faker Others. Welcome to the next big thing. Wolverhampton Wanderers have a motto. In Nuno, we trust. As if it was ever in doubt, really, Nuno Espirito Santo's side can add the championship title to their promotion campaign. Nuno Espirito Santo has taken the Midlands club back to the top league of English football. He's brought them a taste of European football as well, reaching the quarter-finals of the Europa League. But now it's about sustaining that success. And they have a few names on their books that are starting to turn heads. Hooks it oh, back into the boy. centre, and there's the yes. goal! Get in! Gibbs White scores for Swansea oh, well City. Ailing, intercepted well by Kilman. Kilman set off there. And he's now looking to hit a diagonal towards Jimenez. High into the penalty area, and it's Matheson! Can you believe it? Luke Matheson, seven days short of his 17th birthday, has just scored at Old Trafford. It's 1-1. And one player within Wolves Academy making waves both in England and across the Atlantic is America's Owen Otisawi. So first up, what sort of player is Owen Otisawi? Owen's traditionally a, a driving, ball-playing midfielder. Tim Spears. Wolves correspondent for The Athletic. Very accomplished at defending, who's always kind of stuck out because of his height and physicality, really. I mean, he's 6'2 now, but he's always been a tall lad growing up and predominantly, yeah, a midfielder by trade. Um, but Wolves have used him in defence as well for the under-23s. They thought with his physical attributes um, that he would fit in well there. But after a spell there for the under-23s, he's now sort of back considers as a midfielder. But that versatility is very important to Nuno and as, and as something that's kind of um, struck Nuno as to, as to that he can feature in the first-team squad. Wolves have got a very small first-team squad that relies on versatile players who don't get injured. Uh, so they have a lot of those. He's 19 years old. He is a versatile player. Lindsay Hooper, reporter for the Premier League and BBC. He wants to be a midfielder. He wants to be the next Paul Pogba. He's a very physical player, lots of strength. But he's also been identified. He had a spell at West Ham for about six months um, and also within the USA setup as a very good potential centre-back. But it's not a position that he's as keen on. However, I do wonder with Nuno Espirito Santo at Wolves, you know, he started to give him a little bit of bench time. Um, he was on the bench for a couple of Premier League games recently against Leeds and Crystal Palace. And you think if that opportunity comes, it might end up coming in that centre-back role and I think he's going to be have to maybe be open to that. However, Otisawi hasn't had the most traditional of routes to elite football. Tim Spears explains how he found the game at a relatively late age. He didn't actually start playing football until he was an early teenager, sort of 13, 14, um, and having kind of started playing it with his mates, realised he was quite good at it and then joined what's called the Mass Elite Academy, aged 14. They're based in Battersea in London, which has a remit of developing young players to try and get them a move to a first to a, to, to a professional club. So he kind of trained three times a week with them 
And what Mass Elite Academy do is organise friendlies against uh, clubs, against academies, and kind of showcase games, as they call them, in the hope that these youngsters will stand out and try and get them a move. So via this route, uh, West Ham sort of gave him a trial. I think he ended up being there for six months, but they didn't pick him up. And then they played a game against Wolves' Academy when Owen was 16, and they really liked what they saw. Started having him up for training. He was basically at school and training with Mass Elite Academy and then heading up to Wolverhampton for friendlies and for games as well with their academy. And yeah, eventually when he was 16, they offered him a a one-year scholarship and he's kind of gone on from there, really. So what about Wolves Academy? What's their history of developing young talent? The Wolves Academy used to be a pretty traditional academy in the sense that it was their with a point of view of bringing players through to the first team because, of course, Wolves didn't always have money. Jackie Oatley, broadcaster and host of the Molyneux View podcast. But certainly when I was growing up in the 1990s on the terraces there, it was a case of players coming through the youth team and then the reserve team. I used to um, go and stand on the South Bank and watch the reserves on a regular basis as well. It was either a pound or it was free if you had a season ticket as I did. So I used to go and watch these players and hope to see them come through to the first team. And that really was the hope. You wanted somebody with a black country accent to make it in the first team with your Scottish players and your Cockneys and Scousers and and everybody else Um, at that time, maybe the occasional Frenchman and South African, but they were pretty much homegrown in that regard. Wolves' Academy's undergone a massive transformation in the past few years. I mean, to go back a little bit, Steve Morgan, the previous owner, injected a huge 50 million into the Academy in 2013-14, basically producing some of the best facilities in the country at the time, which still, you know, stand up very well now, of course. And this transformation has been spearheaded by Scott Sellers, the former Leeds Newcastle Blackburn midfielder, who had worked for Man City's Academy and then moved to Wolves about six years ago and has become a really key figure and a close confidant of, of, of the chairman, Jeff Shee. So the idea is now that they want a self-sustainable academy that makes money. But I think realistically now the academy is... Well, they've said it, at least they've been honest about it. It is a client for the first team and the academy have to bring players through and do, frankly, what Chelsea have done, what Chelsea have been criticised for over the years, but without explicitly admitting that was the case, that they were bringing players through to make a few million a season and, and to loan them around the place and sell Patrick Bamford eventually after a load of loans. And they're honest with these guys, you know, the guys they bring in and the guys that come through the academy from a very young age, you know, they tell them and they're quite brutal with them. They say the chances of you playing for Wolves' first team are, are, are tiny, they're minuscule. This is isn't something that Nuno says, right, you're straight in. I think there has to be a real uh, unusual set of circumstances for that to happen with injuries. Um, And now that there's a lot more strength in depth at Wolves, that isn't going to happen as much, I don't think. But for the case of Owen Otisawi, I think his chance is going to come from a gradual integration. And that's what we've seen. You know, he's made two of Nuno's last three matchday squads. I'm expecting that to happen again. It's a special moment for a club when an academy player makes their way through the ranks to the first team. It's even more special when that player is a local lad. So what do the fans make of those players with potential? I think if they did have somebody who was genuinely local and a Wolves fan that came through, I do think that's extra special. Personally, I'm a massive softie and I absolutely love the idea of having somebody who 
it means as much for them to play for the club as it does for the fans to have them play for the club. I think Wolves fans are are very protective of their own talent that they've seen come through the academy. And Owen Otisawi would definitely be given more grace and more time to bed in because of that. I think we see other players that have come in from around Europe and, uh, and from other clubs that sometimes don't get given as much time to find their feet. Whereas I think when Owen Otisawi is introduced, when he gets more minutes, when he, if he does come on as a substitute this season in the Premier League or in the FA Cup, I think the fans will give him time because of that. The only difference being, I don't think it will ever be the same as Morgan Gibbs-White, who is a local lad, who's, you know, doing well for his local club, the club that he's dreamed of playing for. That has a whole different area of loyalty from the fan base, I think, than it does with with the foreign players that have bought in and, and bought through. But yeah, they do become one of your own and you do want to see them do well. And I think they are ultimately afforded more time. At the moment, Morgan Gibbs-White is the most realistic prospect, a Stafford boy coming through. Fans would love to see it, although I think fans' expectations have changed now. And really, I think a lot of fans would be quite happy with an all-foreign 11 or or 10-plus Connor Cody, frankly. Uh, certainly happy with 9-plus Kilman and Cody because they just want to see the best players on the pitch. And a lot of people who, like me, were at Crawley away six years ago, absolutely pinching themselves that they have some of these wonderful internationals, the likes of Adama Traore, who's starting for Spain and not necessarily for Wolves at the moment. Um, Very, very grateful to have these players. And so, no, a lot of them wouldn't swap them for a homegrown talent, unless, of course, they were up to the standard of one of these wonderful internationals. And of course, they'd bite your hand off for that. The problem facing Owen Otisawi will be getting game time. Wolves aren't in the Europa League and they're already out of the EFL Cup. So normally, you might expect a player to go out on loan. But Nuno Espirito Santo doesn't always do things in the expected manner. Normally, a loan spell at Wolves means end of career. In fact, yeah, 99% of cases, that has been true. Nuno places such a strong emphasis on the system. The 3-4-3 slash... 352 that he's enlisted in every single game since he took over as Wolves boss in 2017 that he feels if youngsters go out on loan a not a lot of teams play that formation and b they may pick up bad habits and Nuno's very much a training ground manager you know he lives for those sessions those daily sessions he prowls the center circle in every single session he's very actively involved He'll stop play to show players where they're going right or wrong. He'll bark orders. He's 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 a training ground manager, first and foremost. We're talking with Owen Otisawi about a player that's not had regular minutes yet. So I don't think he'll be keen to let him go out on loan. I think he's someone that's coming through in this very gradual, slow process that will start getting minutes, start becoming a bench player, starts being someone that we see subbed on around about the 80-minute mark, just getting the first 10 minutes or so under his belt. And and then who knows? You know, Leander Dendonka is someone that's managed to definitely cement his place um, in Nuno's mind. And this is a sort of player for players substitute, you know, 
the comparisons that we're talking about, Dendonka and Otisawi, that's who he came on for in that Europa League match against Besiktas. So I think you look at him as the model and think, well, yeah, the, there is potential for him to get into this side. It is tougher now than it's ever been, but I think there is potential there. So I don't see Nuno letting him go on loan. He wants those players with him so he can teach them good habits and fully ingrain them in the system so that if they are called upon, and again, I'd I'd use Max Kilman as an example, then they can seamlessly kind of slot in. And Kilman, for a guy who's never played professional football in his life until uh, 18 months ago, you know, having previously played part-time in non-league, has been a revelation and has barely put a foot wrong. And we've seen it with with a couple of other youngsters as well. So... Gibbs White is the exception on that front. He needed first-team football. He'd plateaued a bit at Wolves last season. He's the first player I've heard of that's been sent out on loan with the idea of coming back in the Wolves' first team. So I don't envisage Otisari going out at the moment. I think they feel he'll benefit far more from daily training with Nuno and being involved in the first-team squad and learning from the likes of Connor Cody and Giammatinho. You know, Wolves pride themselves on having a very professional first team squad with no idiots it's sort of a bit of a policy really that, that you know they don't sign personalities who are going to disrupt the first team squad so um no i don't envision going out on loan and uh, he's only one or two injuries away from from first team minutes for wolves so to be ingrained in nuno's system you need to have the right attitude good habits and get used to having the boss on the training ground how does that fit the young American's personality? So, Otisawi is a bit different, really. And I guess he's, he's had an unusual background and unusual up- upbringing. And he's not come through uh, a club's academy, which kind of has helped shape his personality a bit, a little, thing, uh, a little bit, I think. He's um, certainly said to be uh, perhaps a little bit spiky or forthright, I think would be a better way of describing him. Forthright, you know, if, if a coach tells him to do something, he'll question the logic behind that, which Wolves like, I think, you know, um, it's not that, perhaps not that common a trait in a footballer these days. But um, he's also unusual in that he does a bit of modelling on the side and has been known to stress his stuff on the London catwalk um, for Burberry. And he's got his own... Uh, model profile page which I guess is quite you know we, we all have that dilemma in life don't we you know if, if we're gonna if our chosen career falls through we'll be a model yep no problem um so uh so yeah he's got he's certainly got other interests and but yeah certainly said to be an, an interesting personality who um doesn't lack confidence so um perhaps a little bit different to most footballers his age who are trying to make a name for themselves so with all this in mind, how far can Owen Otisawi go? I think it's a difficult one to judge how far Owen Otisawi can go because he's 19 at the moment. He's obviously shown a lot of potential. The fact that we've seen him getting bench minutes in the Premier League means that Nuno really has backed him. So I would expect that he he can go pretty far, but there is a lot of competition in this Wolves team. That's my only concern is that there's a lot of players that have been bought in. There are players now like Romain Saiz, who's been very, very good, who's who's struggling to get on the pitch at the moment. Uh, Leander Dendonka, who's only just started being used more now that, you know, Neves and Matinho tend to, to swap over. Um, I, I do worry about where that opening comes from. But, you know, football is that sort of game, isn't it? You don't know who's going to go to someone else in the next transfer window. And you also don't know where the next big injury is coming from, unfortunately. But that could be what opens the door. It's very difficult to kind of 
to put a judgment on it as to how far he can go. But Nuno obviously sees something in him, and I asked him, I asked Nuno about Otisari last week, and he was um, glowing in his in his praise of him, which he isn't he isn't normally when it comes to young players. I mean, he basically said um, he's been involved in a lot of training sessions and, and and he's improved. He's got a lot of good things to his game, but equally a lot of bad things that he needs to improve. But he said Otisari is patient enough that he knows he's got a long road in front of him. So he's certainly kind of not on the verge of making a massive breakthrough. But he did praise him for sort of not giving up, you know, when he got that knockback from West Ham's academy. And he said, you know, he would prefer players to come through an academy, but the way that Otisari's gone is, is credit to him and his hard work. And he seems to think that he can go a long way. And I think um, with another couple of years of hard graft and training with Nuno, he could um, he could break into the first team for sure. But perhaps the final word should be given to the Wolves under-23s coach, James Collins. Owen can be as good as he wants to be. I, I've had some ups and downs with him on the way because he's, he, he has ups and downs. But he's an he's a excellent technician, um, a real good physical specimen. And he's a good kid. And I think he's, um, he can play at that level. He can play at Premier League level. Um, if he keeps learning, keeps developing and keeps listening... Um, and he's showing signs over the last few months of maturing in that way and, and doing so. If he does, I think he can go as far as he wants. Join us next time by listening on the Athletic app or by subscribing to The Next Big Thing on your favourite podcast provider. And if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, head to theathletic.com forward slash next big thing to find the latest offer code. Thanks for listening. The Next Big Thing was produced for The Athletic by Abby Patterson. The writers were Abby Patterson and Nick Miller. Tim Spears is the Wolves correspondent for The Athletic. Lindsay Hooper is a reporter and journalist for the Premier League, BBC and a Wolves fan. Jackie Oatley is a broadcaster, commentator and the host of The Molyneux View. The executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Hello. I'm Ian McIntosh, and despite literally spending months of my life playing football manager, I'm still terrible at it. That's why I'm launching The Football Manager Show, the latest podcast from The Athletic. Every week, I'll speak to the people who know the game best, the people who make the game. We'll take a proper look at things like training, recruitment and tactics. We'll try to answer your questions. We'll do everything we can to keep you eager to play just one more game and altogether less inclined to quit without saving. The era of Cherno and Tom-Tom and dear sweet Michael Duff is over. The new football manager is bigger, better, more challenging than ever. And I need some help. If you do too, you can subscribe now. Just look for the Football Manager Show by The Athletic, wherever you get all your other podcasts. It starts in November, and knowing my track record, I'll be unemployed by December. <laughs>